You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 230 for the week of Wednesday, 20th of July, 2016. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Eddie. Bart. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, the pop culture superstore, and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the DC Collectibles Batman Black and White Carmine Infantino Batman and Robin statues, and in our discussion topic, we discuss iconic favourites. gentlemen it's nice to actually be together again together again yeah how are we yeah. <laughs> good. good sick <laughs> sick yeah but that was eddie i'm repeating eddie i'm being sick i'm not sick i just have an echo or i am the echo <laughs> so eddie was uh was the illness to blame for missing out on some uh some celebrity no that i was still pushing through with that but um yeah, for those who don't follow me on Facebook, wherever I went um, this week, I seem to have missed our own local boy, Chris Hemsworth, by a matter of minutes to hours <laughs> coming through. And the funny thing is when you're in a building where Chris Hemsworth is for a couple of days, everyone will tell you his movements <laughs> after they happen and going through. So, um, and unfortunately, oh, sorry. They're following him to the toilet. Yeah, I've uh, I've got another celebrity story there that I can't say on. Um, Save that for our other podcast. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, (laughs) But I unfortunately still have to work while I'm wandering around this building, unlike some of my colleagues. So I didn't get a chance to. Oh snap! Yeah. Oh, they don't (laughs) listen. I can say what I want. (laughs) Good work. Good work. Anything else been happening other than that? You got off to see uh, Ghostbusters. I did, and I liked it. It's Yay. good. Don't uh, listen to the internet on that one. That was a... Don't listen to the internet. Don't oh. listen to the internet unless you're listening to this on the internet. Oh yeah, Cra- crazy talk. That. But but I I enjoyed it. It made me laugh. There were points that I clapped at the screen. <laughs> um, wow. Even, yeah. So I I I do recommend uh, going out and seeing it and. Uh, you guys, I mean, it's a comedy. It's always going to be, um, whether or not you find the jokes funny is a personal thing, but you know, if you like bridesmaids and, um, Paul Feig and freaks and geeks and, um, mm. Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon's fantastic and local boy, Chris Hemsworth's also in it and he's fantastic in it. So I do recommend, uh, cool. checking it out if you get a chance. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hey, Adam, you're still kicking. Yes. Great. Um, yeah, yes. work's been crazy busy. Um, I've somehow managed to find a, a Saturday where I'm not either working or um, collapsed in a in a heap sleeping <laughs> or um, being forced to socialise with people. So I, I decided I'd come on and do podcasts. <laughs> Very to socialize. generous of you. 
I think Bandai was getting worried about their seemingly <laughs> drop in promotion with you gone. So I'm sure yeah. the marketing part department's glad you're back. They probably will be, yeah. They probably get like an extra three figures a week sold off of my episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I end up buying three figures a week. <laughs> on, so that's true. That could be true. Yeah. And I need you to actually do the news on that stuff because I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> hey, Mr. Scotty, how you been? I have been great. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have. You're always pretty great, though. I have to say that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a um, sunny side up. <laughs> you know, glass half full kind of person. You know, but but um, I had the the best of all reasons for not being able to do the podcast last weekend, which is that um, uh, almost twenty five years, not quite to the day, but 20, 25 years to the year for sure. From when I immigrated to Australia last weekend, my sister immigrated to Australia. Um, I know, which yeah. is just insane. So she and her because her partner is Australian, and um, they have been. Working towards this for oh my gosh, probably three years, and so uh, it actually happened. And she arrived last weekend, so I was able to. They're going to be living in Sydney, so I was able to spend some time with her. And then she started work at her new job in Australia on Monday, which is all very exciting. So it's a bit surreal, wow. really. Um, That's cool. I know it's just it's cra- kind of crazy, like, but um, yeah, I'm really happy for them. And um, they've got they've got a few hurdles left to conquer because they have dogs and they have a couple of issues with one of their dogs about whether or not he's actually going to be allowed to come to Australia. So that's a bit scary. I know. Yeah. So, but like, you know, we, for people that um, aren't from this part of the world, Australia and New Zealand being Island nations have very strict kind of customs and, you know, quarantine regulations, et cetera, because there are, Things that you know, pests, parasites, diseases, etc., that we don't have, and so we work very hard to avoid, you know, prevent getting them. And um, yeah, one of their little dogs tested positive for a parasite that um, uh, you know they didn't it, it had no idea that he had it, and it hasn't affected his health or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he has to have three months of treatment, and then. If he has, and then the test again, and if it's clear, then he can come. But if he tests for it again in three months, then he can never come. Ooh. Banned. Mm. Yeah. So that's a bit scary. But anyway, it's that's, stressful. Yes, for sure. Um, but they're, but they're, it's, you know, it's so exciting. And, yeah. and otherwise, I've just been doing my usual thing of um, sending items overseas um and training australia post stuff how to use their systems um <laughs> to do it but i've actually got it down to um you know that they so with the thing that i use there's a uh, integration with ebay um that allows you to print the postage from ebay um and you can pay for it through the eBay account for if it's within Australia, but then if it's international, you have to pay in the store. And that's the bit that just confuses them. And <laughs> coming coming from, you know, working with software developers and working on the client side of software development, this is just like a, cl- a textbook case of changing things and not training people properly. Because mm-hmm. when they've, when they've um, uh, done their improved, quote-unquote, solutions, quote-unquote, um, they've just 
change the interface so that instead of clicking something on the screen first and then scanning the item, you have to scan the item first before the little thing comes up. And that is obviously very difficult for some people. So I spent 20 minutes in the post office near my work, literally 20 minutes, um, just in the end, begging this person to say, look, I promise you, if you just scan it, it will come up on the screen. And she's there going, no, no, that's not how it works. I can't see it. It can't be done. <laughs> I'm like, please, I'm, I'm begging you. Is there someone else here that would scan it? Like, <laughs> so I'm going to develop a little, you know, because I, I, I do software training. I'm going to develop a little infographic, <clears throat> I reckon, and just <clears throat> hand it to them. <laughs> and say, hello, here are the instructions on how to use your system to get the thing done that I need done. Mm. Ugh, rage. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough Crazy. to make you want to hurl a cactus. <laughs> it sure is. Have you been hurling any cactuses, Ben? Or I haven't. I? Oh, I good. Haven't. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had a really. Uh, it's school holidays coming towards the end of school holidays oh, where okay. I am, and uh, I had the kids in a school holiday program for a few days, which meant because I, I took the time off from work, I had a couple of days to myself to do as I please, and I've undertaken a massive reorganisation uh, of my collection, uh, the, the action figures, that is, and uh, one of the things I really have been looking forward to is my Marvel Legends have all been crammed into a bookcase, and uh, crammed is an understatement, but I <clears throat> recently moved some stuff out, and so I've been spreading them over two bookcases, and it's also given me an opportunity to really kind of, uh, you know, just kind of readjust the collection and have an X-Men shelf, an Avengers shelf, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I've also been moving my DC, my DC Universe Classics, into another bookshelf. And it's been fun. It's been fun sort of not only doing the reorganization, uh, in particular getting all my army builders together because I've, I've had stuff put away simply because I had nowhere to display them. So getting out all my AIM agents and things like that. But, um, yeah, figures that I haven't really paid much attention to for a while that have been just sitting on the shelf and, you know, playing with it again and going, gosh, this was a great figure and things like the uh, Marvel Legends face-off Sabretooth figure, which is one of my all-time favourites. So mm -hmm. sort of was like a, yeah, like a kid again, just sort of like, oh, this, this figure's cool. I haven't, you know, played with this dude for a while and, just, I guess, appreciating some of the work that, uh, you know, people like the Four Horsemen put into the DC Universe classics. Like, I, I don't know that I re ever really appreciated figures like the Gentleman Ghost until you sort of, um, yeah, I was moving him around in the collection and I realised what an, an accomplishment it was to get that figure into our collections. So, yeah, enjoying myself. Very yeah. good. Yeah, I like so. the random text messages I get from you saying, which character is this again? <laughs> oh, the Spider-Man was doing my head in. I'm just going now, hang on, this is Ben Riley. But if this is Ben Riley, who's this guy? And it's oh, like, my oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. it's Ben Riley. Hang on, is this Ben Riley as well? No, because he wore, oh, the hell with this. I'm just taking a photo and sending it to Eddie. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's like, he's the same guy. That is funny. I can't, I can't keep up. So, But it's all sorted now, which is really good. It's Very funny. Yeah. My Spider-Man and, uh, and miscellaneous urban characters shelf is coming along nicely. Miscellaneous urban. Miscellaneous, yeah. Is that well, like yeah. urban at um, JV Vi-Fi where it basically means um, African-American? Yes. <laughs> well, <it's>, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of African-Americans on that shelf between Blade and Luke Cage and Misty and so. Yeah. Oh, and um, Brother Voodoo. 
or Dr. Voodoo, whatever he's called this week. So, yeah, so yeah. represent. So, but I think the hardest part has been when, you know, I actually did up these diagrams of what I wanted on each shelf and I was sort of breaking it down. But when you're actually putting a character and then you sort of stop and you go, ooh, you know, is this, I've got one shelf that's kind of like Avengers slash cosmic villains and then I've got another shelf that's all kind of individual, like Captain America villains, Iron Man villains, that sort of thing, and you sort of stop and go, oh, is this guy like an Avengers villain or is he a Thor? Yeah. And then, oh, you know, these are the uh, the decisions of the day. Do I put Carol Danvers in with Guardians of the Galaxies or Avengers? Uh, or that's X-Men. an easy one. It's more like, um, it's more like uh, the Absorbing Man. You know, I've always known him as a as a Thor villain. Same with the Wrecking Crew, but you know they've certainly made their appearances in the Avengers. Huh. Uh, but sometimes it just comes down to space and as to which shelf's got the uh, most amount of yeah. space. So, but it's good stuff, and it reminds me of exactly why I do stuff like this show. Hooray! Yeah. Hey. Speaking of which, yeah, maybe we should uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kick things off with some articulated news. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space! And Captain Dan Holland, it's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the Black Hole. Captain. Other black hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all black hole action figures sold separately by Migo. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. An articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world, and we're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Scotty, you're kicking us off. I am. I'm kicking us off with Iron Studios, who have um, leapt onto the scene with uh, huge statues um, for much money, and they have got uh, DC and Marvel licenses, um, both kind of video game, but then also um, cinematic. And uh, Iron Studios has announced their Falcon Polystone statue. Uh, This, I believe, is quarter scale. It is nearly 30 centimeters high in total, and of course, even wider, 31 centimeters wide, because of the extended wings. And this is Falcon from Captain America Civil War. Um, very tall because he's on quite a tall base, and um, very, very uh, good likeness. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this is actually the start of a diorama. We talked about the Black Panther one a few weeks ago. So this is the second second piece. There was one with Black Panther where a couple of people commented and said, oh, it seems really awkward because he's kind of behind that piece of building. Like, why would you do that? that. And I I do believe that this, yes, this will be a modular set that – Diorama base that can be displayed with Iron Studio, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, right, there we are. <laughs> this is nice. I, I don't do movie stuff, but it does look pretty impressive with those wings. Uh, it has an impressive price tag as well of $800. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that could yeah. cure you of any temptation. Yeah, it's um, interesting how many people complain about Sideshow and their um, 
their quarter scale premium formats being, you know, heading into the mid 400s. Yeah. And then we've got XM and Iron Studios producing the same scale stuff for, you know, double the price. They're the underdog. That's right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the detail on this, I have to say, is really impressive. The, yeah. Um, you know, the detail in the wings and then also just some of the detail that I can see in his outfit. Um, mm. Also, he comes with a swap-out arm, so he has an extended uh, fist for the right hand slash arm, but then he also has another one with a um, holding a gun. Um, so you can have him holding guns in both hands um, if you want him to feel absolutely nothing like the Falcon that we know from the comics. Um, <laughs> then that, that'll be the way to do it. Hmm. Do you reckon sculptors now just hate when they see these new character designs with all these different layers and textures <laughs> and materials on it and just wish for the days of Christopher yeah. Reeve Superman? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. I'd be interested to know because you would think this is digitally sculpted and I'd be interested to know whether or not they get access to production sculpts, um, you know, because the – it would all be all this would be CGI um, to begin with, and mm-hmm. I wonder whether or not mm-hmm. they actually get access to that, or if they have to kind of, you know, recreate it all Again. by hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got to sculpt that stuff, like the membranes and the wings and stuff. Much it's, easier to copy yeah. and paste. For I, sure. I wouldn't have the patience, even if I had the skill. No, no. <laughs> but when you look at things like. Uh, you know, Joe Mena, our, our friend Joe Mena, sculptor, his, um, you know, also does stuff like designing coins and that sort of thing. And, that, and, and notes, I mean, that's very mm, um, mm. detailed, uh, um, you know, very sort of detailed, painstaking work. So it obviously attracts a certain um, kind of brain, definitely not mine. I'd be like, I'm bored now. Let's just do a squiggle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I'll just photocopy it. Now, we have the Suicide Squad movie from DC coming out, and Hot Toys has just announced a Joker from um, that movie. I feel like um, this is going to be um, not the only Joker that we get because they're calling it the Arkham Asylum version. Um, So, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, But he comes with a straight jacket. Um, which is obviously very Arkham Asylum-y. And uh, I can't see any photos of him with it off. Um, no, no. And what really peeves me about this is um, the way they actually put the the straitjacket on. Like you see those escape right. artists getting out of straitjackets and it's like, wow, how did they do that? And it's like, well, because he wasn't wearing it properly in the first place. Because um, <laughs> if you wear a straitjacket properly, um, your elbows effectively touch. Like there's, you know, your elbows are one above the other down the centre of your body. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I I would be sitting back waiting for a, a follow-up version of the Joker where he looks a bit more Jokerish because yeah. other than the green hair, uh, it's not a lot going on. No, I mean, he's got – this is a Toy Fair exclusive, so when they mm. – you, know, um, you know, this is a pretty kind of standard – thing that Hot Toys does with their convention stuff. But definitely it doesn't seem like it comes with much, which makes you kind of suspect that there will be another um, yeah. later on. Oh, I'm so. sure. 
there will there'll be seven of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, is this the first Suicide Squad figure from Hot Toys? I'm I pretty sure it so, is. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure mm. it is. Okay. Yeah, uh, but you know, you never know because my next news item is the second version of the Star Wars Episode Seven Ray from Hot Toys, and this is also a. Um, uh, this is a, I think, 2016 Star Wars celebration. I don't think it's an exclusive, but um, that's why they're doing it. So there is a stand. I don't know standard that there is a array coming out, which is um, one that also will come in a two pack with BB-8, um, which I believe is coming soon. Um, but if you want a Resistance outfit, Ray, um, it, with some different gear and extra extra hands. Um, you can combine them together with your normal ray and have three mm. million hands. I'm not feeling this portrait compared to the previous one. No, no. something's. She's very elfish. Mm. In this Good one, point. I just, I don't know. It just feels. I don't, don't know why you wouldn't just kind of reuse the same face as such and, and adjust the hair, but it doesn't. It just doesn't look like a. Um, I feel bad saying that because it looks so lifelike, but there's just something yeah. that's off about it for me. I think it depends on the angle. Like, there's a few different photos, yeah. and some angles, like the head-on um, angle, where they're mimicking her handing out the uh, oh, spoilers, handing out the <laughs> the, uh, the um, lightsaber without stretched arm to the person at the end of the movie. Um, in case you haven't seen it. Um, it, it was Admiral Akbar. Um, the uh, <laughs> it's a trap. Um, that would have been better, actually. The uh, yeah, so that one works for me, but some of the others not so much. Yeah, no, this would be a major pass. You'd have to be a pretty pretty Elkino fan for this one. Oh, I'm sure that there are people out there that will have this for sure. This one's life, I think, will depend on whether if the next movie picks up and she's wearing this costume for, you know, a large chunk of the opening scene or mm. onwards, it could go that. But if it's just like celebration, Luke, it could have a different lifespan. Yeah. I think it'll all depend on the sequel. True. Um, something that you uh, probably would love to own but may need to sell an organ for, if you live in Australia in particular, um, would be the um, latest Lego playset announcement. And this is the Disney Castle, um, which comes with uh, – a few different minifigures. We've got Mickey and Minnie, Daisy and Donald, and um, Tinkerbell, and over 4,000 pieces um, to uh, create lots of fun slash drive you absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> and this will be as tall as the Falcon, 29 centimeters, but not as wide, only 17 centimeters wide. Oh, sorry. I take it is- all back. Shut up. It's so much taller than the Falcon. This is going to be 74 centimeters high. Oh, no, that must have been inches for the Falcon, right? I'm bad at maths. Just ignore me. <laughs> and uh, so That's about 29 is, inches. Thank you. 29 inches um, by 17 and uh, also quite deep. And I don't think there's a price on this here, but I have read elsewhere that in Australia this is going to be around the $500 mark. Yeah, that's what yeah. I as well. Yeah. Now, um, Mr. Haddam. Yeah, you and Mrs. Westy are um, quite avid collectors, particularly the sets that are somewhat modular. Is this of any interest? Not really. Um, it 
while it has lots and lots of bricks, it looks like it's actually the walls of the castle, like they're kind of big blocky pieces, so it doesn't look like there's a lot of skill to it mm. in places. Wow. Like, yeah, I'd probably pass on that. It's pretty impressive, the interior. Mm. There's a little yes. lot going on inside. I like what the wizard's apprentice little set with the broom. and mm. yeah. The interior looks great, but the outside just looks kind of junk. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. now, are they new versions of the minifigures, or are they just ones that are in the current uh, blind bag series? I think the Mickey's new. I don't think he was in his stepping out outfit. Hmm. Huh. I could be wrong. There you go. <laughs> there cool. you go. There you go. Um, and in something completely different for me to wrap up my section, uh, PlayStation is not a uh, company that we talk about very often when we're talking about products on this podcast, but they are producing, I'm sure in association with someone, but it doesn't. Yeah, EFX. Oh, EFX. Okay, thank you. Um, a... Uh, God of War Ascension Kratos statue um, that uh, I have to say, I think the pose for this is a tad awkward. He's very subdued. He he looks... He's kind of crouching, just a slight crouch like he's about to... He's defending himself or about to pounce on someone. Um, And uh, it... I don't know. It's got a pretty bland expression on his face, and it doesn't. Just, just, yeah. yeah, it seems very flat. Like there's no, like the detailing in the Necker figure seemed to have more because yes. that whiteness on him's meant to be sort of the ash of his family spread through, and they sort of textured that on on the figure. Whereas here, it's just flat. And you know, bland. I think it might be the the expression on his face as much as anything because he just kind of looks like what. Yeah. I mean, he's got gas. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's got the leg up, so he's got the, the help the gas come out, and he's got the vaguely gassy face. Well, I um, almost wonder, because it's based on the first game, as far as I can tell here, I haven't played the game, so I'm just going off what I know from Osmosis, but maybe they're trying to go for how he looked in the game itself when graphics weren't mm. as good. Mm. Maybe that would be my one maybe devil's advocate defense here. Well, it's designed yeah. by the guys that made the game, so you'd have to think they have uh, some knowledge of what's going on. But it looks like some nice use of mixed media too. His uh, his skirt slash loincloth-y thing looks like it's actual material, and he's got real chain wrapped around his forearms. So. Twenty-six hmm. inches tall, five hundred and forty-nine dollars US. Crikey so, Jesus! Yeah, you'd have to really like this character to pay that for this. I think. Hmm. Very good. All right. Thank you, Mr. Scotty. And Eddie, keep us going. It's done. Well, my first bit of news comes from San Diego, which I believe is next week as we record. So would even be on probably by the time you're listening for this. <laughs> and if you are in attendance and you're a big fan of the current Captain America series, rush over to the Lego booth where I believe you don't get to purchase one of these. You get to go into a lottery for a chance to buy uh, one of them. And it is the Captain America Hail Hydra version. Uh, So it's basically his modern outfit that's uh, running along in the next Spencer series. And what I like here is he comes with the triangular shield uh, that he's using, which from looking at this, I think might just be the original shields that they used to have in the old 80s Castle Lego 
set <laughs> with the tampa like on. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it from the side, but I kind of like that touch. <laughs> just using uh, that one there. And uh, the outfit looks what the outfit looks like currently in the mm. comics. So if you're a modern person, it might be one to uh, jump on there. But uh, I believe these guys are quite hard to come by. Uh, they're one of the harder San Diego exclusives to find. Yeah, I didn't even bother when I was there. It was just far too much yeah. effort for the uh, for the return that you got. So I do love this new Captain America series. And the first issue came out and it broke the internet. And then the second issue came out and everyone was like, oh. Yeah, that, that was like, really? You, you mean you overreacted? <laughs> People on the internet overreact. I know, fancy that. Crazy, crazy. Never heard such things. Mm. Uh, speaking of crazy things, my next bit <laughs> of news comes from NECA, and it's some Predator reveals. So we have the Stalker Predator, uh, which I believe is based on the old Kenner Glow in the Dark uh, Predator figure, and he definitely does glow in the dark and awesome. has radioactive look. I really like uh, sort of the brown colouring to bring out his eyes as that uh, glows in there and he's got uh, some very uh, earth-toned armour through with the green ecto sort of glowing through. Uh, But what was really cool here is the uh, accessory pack that they've also revealed that will be coming out that has an alien skull, a few skulls uh, with spines and some blast effects. And probably the highlight, which is a skinned man to hang <laughs> from your trees. Yeah. That's tasty. I actually like um, how the Predator has got a uh, an alien carapace and jaw built into his armour on his chest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even notice that. That's pretty nifty. One thing <laughs> that yeah, NECA does is a, there's a lot of reuse of parts in the, the Predator series, but uh, most of this is actually quite new, which is kind of cool. But, uh, I like this dude. Not so much the uh, the skinned man. I don't think I'd be putting that on display anytime soon. But um, <laughs> yeah. the stalker yeah. predators, he's pretty cool. Right. Just going to hide that as a garden ornament around. Yeah, something like that. I'll let it, the kids take it to school for news. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I'm digging that. Oh, very very cool. cool. And the good thing is any of the NECA San Diego exclusives are not even remotely exclusive. They turn up everywhere later on, so don't be freaking out that you won't be able to get your hands on this and pay stupid prices on eBay. For those of us who live internationally, they're the best kind of exclusives. That's right. (laughs) And uh, speaking of licensed properties, we got hit with a bombard of new DC Collectibles TV series figures that – Range the gambit. So we have from Arrow, uh, Constantine, who also at one point had his own TV series. Uh, we have Zoom from The Flash, who's the complete black outfit, outfit version. We have a Supergirl that in the picture that I have here looks like someone's done one of those Snapchat face swap. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's. Oh, if yeah. I actually had a look at that in more detail sooner, that might have been a red card suggestion. But I've seen it. I saw a photo of this figure, and it actually—I think it was even a carded, um, like as in in the, the the Mattel box. And she actually looks 100 percent better. I mean, not that it could look that, like that any worse. Be, I mean, there's a DC Collectibles. A, yeah, sorry, there's a um, multiverse. A, a, a Mattel one. 
Oh, this is yeah. DC. Yeah, yeah this is oh, DC collectibles. This is DC. Oh man, you guys. Oh man, you, I know you, you crap the bed bad with this one. Yeah, it looks. T- <laughs> it doesn't. It it looks like a Photoshop. It just doesn't. Yeah, look I like... don't know if it if no, it no, is no. Photoshop or if it's their like weird plastic skin tone that hasn't. Oh, I think they just saved nice. money and used the Jesse Eisenberg sculpt. You know those things where. <laughs> <laughs> you know those things where you can like get scanned and they make a a, a little yes. action figure of you. Yes, it and it like doesn't that. look anything like you. No, not at all. They've they've sat Melissa down, done the real scan, and oh yeah, no, 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 it's, no, that's not good. The Marshman Hunters slightly better. Mm. Uh, we also have from Legends of Tomorrow, Hawk Girl, and Firestorm, uh, and the Adam as well, who's probably my favourite out of the ones uh, coming through here. Uh, from Arrow, uh, again, we have Vixen, who's uh, been turning up this year, but also has her own animated shorts uh, that run through. So uh, definitely credit for universe building here. They're going uh, fairly in-depth uh, in their line. Have you seen the episode of Arrow that introduces Vixen when um – I can't remember who it was. It says, "How do you know each other?" And he said, "He says something like we uh, we had an animated adventure last year or something." So, oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, actually, it was actually a fun nod to the fact that um, Stephen Amell actually voiced Green Arrow in the Vixen animated series. I did not know that. No, yeah. I a little bit behind on my Arrow watching, but he's actually quite good. Stephen Amell. He apparently uh, has now in his contract any green arrow appearance he gets first veto of voicing oh cool and he tries to do it so he's uh ollie in like the injustice video games and he's mm. oliver in the lego games and he's yeah, good on take chip of the character which is always nice to see there's some fun figures in this like some of them you know, are um not unsuccessful I, th- I like the firestorm um i think the hot girl looks great as well um, for you know, for, as representations of the, the the characters, but the Constantine and the Supergirl to me both look pretty horrible. Mm. I just don't like the Adam costume. I mean, it's it's intricate, but you know, it's it's just a turd. Like it just he looks like a reject from a rollerball yeah. remake. Yeah, I, I just like Brandon Ralph. I don't even. Really oh no, he's great in the show. Decent. In fact, um, Mr. Shake thinks he's fantastic, but that. Costume is just shy. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of likenesses done in toy form, my next bit of news is the San Diego Comic Con Captain America <coughs> commemorative Zoom Zoom. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, oh, who cares? Zoom Zooms? Zoom Zoom, yeah. Zoom Zooms. So they're these little guinea pig beanbag. Disney yes. creatures, which this one looks like a little two-inch plastic version. Normally, they're kind of a plush uh, ones, and it's a shiny metallic Captain America uh, oh. one. So these things are kind Awful. of beanie baby thing. They um, seem to be popular in some areas, but haven't quite hit Funko levels yet. For um, yeah. smuggling cocaine and heroin. <laughs> oh. They stack well, apparently. Just no. no. Yeah. No, you're the, you're the no. cap guy. Shouldn't this be? No. Some KY jelly no. and some heroin on no. the inside. No, no. No? No. I'm somebody. trying to work out on 
the box here. They have all the characters down the side. So you've got like a Star Lord, an Ultron, uh, there's a Ronan, uh, the Accuser, Spider Man, a Hulk. But in between Thor and Cap, who's that guy? Is it Falcon? Possibly. Or Panther? Uh, Probably Falcon, though. It's, it's kind of like Falcon with Wolverine's hair. I can't quite. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think <laughs> and a silver mask. Yeah. I think the reason is this is one step away from being one of those things you find at the Chinese markets. <laughs> it's Zorro like, you know, just squad. Super secret yeah. Batman vs. Avengers, and it's got Shrek in a Superman outfit. Oh, that's, yeah. We're, we're almost to that point. Tater from Cars just hidden. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Great fun. Too much airtime. Uh, and wrapping up things in a weird likeness uh, section, my last bit of news is from a company I really haven't heard of. They're called Soldier Story, and they have acquired the license to do one six uh, high detail Ghostbuster figures. And they've announced their first couple of figures, which they're definitely diving headfirst into with some interesting choices. You have Peter Venkman in suit, which is basically his cats and dogs speech outfit. Uh, A regular Peter Venkman in his Ghostbusters uniform. You've got Courthouse Egon from Ghostbusters 2. You have then also from the new 2016 movie, uh, Kevin Beckman, which is Chris Hemsworth and the Ecto-2 bike and uh, Kate McKinnon's character, Julian Holtzman, uh, in there as well. So they definitely seem like they're planning a whole range of characters, but the Peter Venkman in suit with Screaming Head just seems like an odd (laughs) choice to me to introduce in the line as part of a first wave of what I'm sure is going to be expensive uh, figures. In fact, when I first saw it, uh, he kind of looks like an actor called Lucas Ward, who actually appears in the new Ghostbusters movie. And I thought they'd just made a figure of this guy who has like five lines mm. from the movie going in there until uh, I realized that it was meant to be a Bill Murray head sculpt screaming. This is a, I think this is actually a reasonably important bit of news because Soldier Story, for those that don't know, make um, one six scale military figures and and they produce uh, astonishing figures in terms of the detail i mean a lot of those soldiers have very intricate gear like the the halo jumpers with their their fancy helmets and stuff like that so they've certainly got the the skill at building very very detailed um you know 12 inch figures and this is a a pretty big deal in terms of them getting an actual license license yeah so um, that's why I think you're actually starting to get some very detailed figures like the that sort of add-on piece to their their plasma, um, what do you call it, their packs with the, you know, the proton stream. One. So that's it with the stream yeah. coming out of the proton one. Um, you know, that's a great little accessory. Oh, it looks fantastic. And that's where I think these guys actually shine is that the actual Ghostbusters in their outfits, as you were saying, like the detail on the bits and pieces here is – Incredible, even the ghost trap, but with that comes with Jillian. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Looks like it's got a little LED light in there coming out, running through her little iPad on her armband there. And the actual head sculpt on the plane, Peter Venkman in his outfit, looks like one of the better Bill Murray head sculpts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've actually yeah. gotten. Yeah. Um, in terms of their, their outfits, the, the clock outfits, like these guys are almost second to none. They rival hot toys in terms of. Um, 
you know, the detail in, and intricacy. So um, I'll be very curious um, to see if uh, this is the, the start of uh, a number of licenses because uh, that could be very, very cool for the one six scale collectors. Indeed it could. Yeah. No, I am mm. uh, definitely going to be keeping my eye uh, on them and what uh, they come out with and in particular what price they're going to be asking. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Such pieces but uh yeah something interesting there and that wraps me up very good all right adam scaling down but not necessarily the price what are you looking at so we've had um a few announcements from bandai with their sh figure arts lines lately we've been um promised a new perfect color edition cell from dragon ball z so it's um from what i can tell the perfect color edition or pre- sorry premium color edition is always um the anime color schemes rather than the manga color schemes because every now and then, I think it's like once every couple of months, you'd get a, a color um, manga set of pages. So there are actually colored versions of Cell um, from the manga, which is what the first version looked like. The new one is the kind of more bright flavor green that you got in the anime. And as well as that, we have the battle damage Super Saiyan 2 Gohan from the, um, the battle with Cell. So... I have no information as to when they will be released. I'm sure that these ones will get a release date at some point, um, especially the premium color cell, because some of these that they have shown before uh, cons just haven't even gotten announced as far as release dates yet. So that's the first bit. Nice. I'm excited for that. I don't have a cell yet, and I'm not going to pay the $400 it <laughs> goes for on eBay, so I'm excited. I'm sitting on a freaking landmine of money then. Yeah, you are. Like, that Broly's already jumped up into around the 200 mark. Yeah, I saw that, and they're doing the SDCC of him, so... Yeah. That'll be crazy as well. Wow. Yeah. So, the other thing that's um, already been released, or announced as a release date, is um, Figure Arts version of The Rock, and a Figure Arts version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, um, they're both going for $60 each. Um, and they'll be out at the end of January next year. So the rock comes with um, three different heads for different facial expressions. He's got a pair of poseable hands, so that's um, essentially the like the old Marvel Legends where you used to actually be able to um, flex fingers, although I think it's just a set of fingers that, that move, um, and three fixed pose hands, and he comes with a microphone as well, so you can do... Things like The Rock using a microphone to ask people what indeed it is that, that he's uh, <laughs> procuring in the kitchen. Um, That's right. So that looks pretty good. Uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, so he's got his vest on. I doubt you can take it off, but you might be able to. Who knows? Um, he also comes with um, two pairs of posable hands. Um, he also comes with three heads with different expressions, uh, two cans, and um, two splash effects that you can put in the can, so it looks like you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. cans. Oh, and you can take the um, the best off. There you go. I, I really like the Austin one. Yeah. I think they've yeah. done a good good job with that, the especially at that scale. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And those, um, the cans with the, the splash effect, that's... That is cool. That's fun. Yeah. yeah I do want to do I was... I was a bit disappointed when I saw SH figure arts the rock and neither looked like Nicolas Cage or Sean Connery. Oh. <laughs> uh, take him anywhere but out. Yeah. All right. Very good. 
Nice. All right. My guess it's on to me bringing up the rear and Sideshow Collectibles have been in fine form the last week or so with their San Diego Comic-Con sneak peeks. Um, they have been teasing us with a whole bunch of stuff and uh, saying that they will be revealing these in full at the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, Mark Newman actually um, confirmed that when uh, Sideshow sent out a teaser for their Groot and Rocket Raccoon premium format statue. Uh, and I, I'm actually wondering, I mean, Groot is going to be a big dude when it comes to, to doing premium format, like one quarter scale. Um, he's significantly bent over. And I'm actually thinking that this might be one of those sets where you can buy them separately or you can get the two um, as some sort of a bundle deal, much like they did with uh, Lobo and Dorg and uh, Thor and Throg, which came together because I think sculpting those together as the one piece means you're looking at big, big bucks. Mm. So, But uh, Mark Newman confirmed that he sculpted Groot, and I forget the name of the fellow that sculpted Rocket, but one thing I thought... Steve somebody... Yeah, one thing that was really interesting was that Mark said that this was his first digital sculpt. Yeah. Hmm. So, hmm, interesting, interesting. So I'll be very keen to see what these go for, but um, my wallet is quivering at just at the idea. Um, we also got some DC news and a couple of different things. First was a uh, continuation of the DC license for the premium format line. Uh, this one came as a bit of a surprise to me, and it is Killer Croc. And he is looking rather menacing. Um, what I really liked about the one and only promo shot we got is that he's bent over. Um, I'm having space issues at the moment, so having these huge characters done standing fully erect um, means they take up an awful lot of space. So um, I like the fact that he's all hunched over looking rather mean. Uh, Scotty, thoughts? Oh, I think this will be cool. I think this is probably too deep for me um, in terms of, you know, where I can go with this line. But I will reserve judgment until I see the final piece and scale and cost, etc. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not I'm, – I'm all in on the heroes yeah. um, in this space, but not villains, so. Now, Scotty, yeah. didn't you not pick up a Killer Croc statue before and it become – one of your most hunted mm. pieces. But I've got it now. I know, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we had to listen to the sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was um, the, I, the Batman versus Killer Crop. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> only, um, the only re- sorry, the only reason I own it is because they did a second edition. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this was an interesting choice um, because in the email that sideshow sent out they they sort of tease it and you actually have to click on it to to find out who it is and i was a little bit surprised that killer croc came out because the the line is very batman heavy so far i mean certainly you know we've had some uh some villain love outside of the batman universe with sinestro and lex Luthor and and dark side etc but um you know batman has certainly been very heavily favored uh in in the dc premium formats so far and i think killer croc is kind of pushing it i, I would have thought i see i i don't think it's because of batman i think it's suicide squad yeah but i mean there's a lot of lead time in doing this sort of stuff I'm, i i don't know i just i guess i was... if, I'd, I'd assume if the pre-orders out around the time the movie's hitting yeah it might be a betting on that a little bit. Yeah. 
I think I was just hoping for, you know, somebody else's rogues gallery to get a bit of a look in at Would some have been point. good to get, yeah, Captain Cold or even Captain Boomerang. You well, could have still done the suicide. Squad yeah, time. look, we've got an Aquaman. So Aquaman's on his way. So I thought maybe Black Manta or someone like that. But, um, yeah, again, I'll pretty much uh, mirror what, what Scotty said in terms of we'll just wait and see. So moving on, some Star Wars love in the form of a Django Fett premium format statue. Um, Certainly not one for me, but um, for those that are interested, uh, booyah and and good for you. Um, Never been that huge a fan of uh, Bobber's pop, but uh, certainly seems dynamic enough. Um, Moving on, there was some 1-6 scale action figure news from Sideshow in the form of Lobo. And this one surprised me a lot. Yeah, me too. Main man. Yeah. Like, I think the reaction to their premium format statue was pretty overwhelming, so I think that sent the message through that, uh, you know, he'd probably do okay in 1.6 scale as well. And uh, what we've seen so far is, is not a whole lot, but we've got a pretty groovy-looking portrait and, um, and a cigar, which is interesting because normally that sort of thing is poo-pooed. But um, I'll be interested to see just how they go in terms of the buck that they use for this, whether they'll use just sort of the similar size Superman one or whether they'll introduce a larger buck that they can possibly reuse down the track for people like Hawkman, et cetera. I want to know if the uh, cigar in the actual version has a light-up feature. And because, smoke coming off it. Yeah, because and smoke <laughs> coming off it because I feel like there's some... Um, Photoshop license here. Just <laughs> that would be cool, though. Oh, wouldn't it be cool? I'm sure if I, you know, had this on an 80-inch monitor, there would be some tiny fine print in the bottom right corner that said, you know, cigar oh, does not I, light up. I have actually. Yeah, do I've not light a, cigar. Yeah, I've got a pretty big monitor, and I can't. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be in the, you know, yes. in, in the solicitor. It'll be there. Yes, indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, what else did we have? Oh, yes, this was an interesting. We had to get a Marvel premium format statue. And, of course, while we're awaiting, you know, news of, like, Venom or Juggernaut or, hey, a whole bunch of people, instead we got Angela. <laughs> yeah, you guys um, were saying Killer Croc was deep cuts. This is dumb. Wow. Look, uh, I have nothing against the character whatsoever. Um, you know, she's created by Neil Gaiman. Um, I, I still think it's very bizarre that Marvel sort of brought her over once McFarlane sort of gave up all rights to the character, et cetera. But obviously Brian Bendis has some kind of um, bee in his bonnet about this character because he fast-tracked her into Guardians of the Galaxy. And, uh, look, I, I think the promo shot we've got looks great. Um, she's certainly very intricate in terms of that uh, mixed media thing going on and there'll probably be some really nifty um, exclusive to go with it. However, I just, you know, I find this really odd that she um, she's sort of been fast-tracked for this ahead of so many other characters. Um, but, you know, look, she's got the Guardians of the Galaxy logo in the bottom right yep. corner, so that's obviously how they're selling it. Yep. Well, and I mean, that's obviously why, but I, I just don't see this being a a strong seller to be honest because mm. i just it's it's one of those things that i have certainly haven't seen a you know an overwhelming reaction to this character um being in the marvel universe that makes me yeah. you know think oh wow <laughs> if, uh, if i, I, I mean, was 
like I wouldn't put my own money towards it, but I could potentially see it being a bit of a dark horse seller just because you would have those that will buy it because it has Guardians of the Galaxy in the bottom corner and they're obviously hitting a few Guardians with Gamora, Groot, Rocket and that coming out. And then you've also got the Spawn collectors on the other side that might potentially mm. uh, be picking it up. But you are taking a risk on whether they're going to come over um, yeah. or not or are still around. Um, yeah. So it could see. Look, I'm going to reserve my judgment until a full solicitation comes out. I mean, the, the complete um, solicitation might might be able to sort of uh, lure me in depending on the base and, and that sort of thing. And, and certainly what I have read of her in Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, she's not a... Um, you know, she's not an awful character. In fact, she has some very banter with Gamora, uh, amongst others. So we shall see. Um, all right, uh, what else did we get? Um, this one was probably one of the most exciting, and that was uh, the next in the sideshow Star Wars one six scale action figure line, and that is Dengar. Yay! Yay! I think is he it was the only... last bounty hunter needed. Uh, he's the next. Thank you. According to the, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I know we've got we've got Forlom coming. Zuckus. Where are we at with Zuckus? I'm trying Who's to remember. Got a Zuckus. Hmm. But I think it was only a few weeks ago we were talking about the reissue of IG88 and Bosk, and and there was some discussion about hey, you know, when are we getting a Dengar? And here he is. Uh, and. If you are interested, I'd get on this early because yep. Sideshow are announcing that there is only a 2,000 edition size and you will only be able to order it from the Sideshow website, so not through the rest of your favourite retailers, E or otherwise. So I'd keep an eye out for this one. But, yeah, I'm in for this, dude. Absolutely. So hopefully we can uh, be two of the uh, 2,000. So very cool. Uh, all right, and uh, I wrote this one in the script as a figure rather than an action figure. <laughs> that is because we are getting a Han Solo in Carbonite, one-sixth scale figure. <laughs> I don't know there's a whole lot of action going on, but I, at first I thought this was a bit silly, and then I thought, well, you know, now that we've got ourselves Boba Fett's from both Sideshow and Hot Toys, it kind of makes sense. Haven't we had, something, had someone else do a Han in Carbonite in a one-sixth before? Nothing comes to mind. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, definitely in other scales, but I'm I'm trying I'm racking my brain about one six scale and not. No. No. I think we'll just I'll get a couple wrong. of Bespin guards to carry him around now, out mm. to Slave One. So. Tricky. Yeah, that'll. Sorry, Mum. Do you reckon there's lights and things that have to be? Have no, to be. I think they'll keep this pretty, mm. pretty simple, and I'll try and keep the price down. You know. Say I'll come out and say it's, oh, oh, I don't know, eighty nine ninety five. Yeah. No, we'll see. Oh, All right, I'll be surprised if it's. <laughs> the, you know, there'll be some. There'll be some mm. trick to it. That's for sure. Hmm. All right, and we got. Uh, sorry, Eddie. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry. All right, we got a couple of full sideshow solicitations, and one of those was a Batman vs Superman Batman premium format statue. So this is Batfleck uh, in his uh, costumed glory, and this is the normal costume. There is no armor or any other such things. And uh, if you order through sideshow, you will get an exclusive, which is a swap and hand holding a Batarang. 
feel like we've seen that before. So looks very good. Looks very movie-ish. Not my kind of thing. It'll set you back 500 US dollars. It'll be out in the middle of 2017. Um, Yeah, it's fine. Great chin likeness. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like this costume. I like this much more than the Nolan ones. I've said that before. I'll say it again. I, I like how they keep it simple. So if they had a color, if they had to put in lenses in his cowl, I would have been even more excited. So, and I notice if you look at the, um, if you look at his cape and his boots, it actually looks quite weathered. I think this mm. might have even this might even get engineer nerds tick of approval. There we go. So, hmm, very cool. All right, last bit of news. Uh, all show, all show. Also, also from Sideshow is uh, the announcement of a Terminator T-800 Marquette T-800 being the original Arnie Skeleton Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. And, uh, yep, this is the uh, endoskeleton in all his glory and it's going to set you back a, a measly 600 US dollars. Um, Marquette is an interesting one. I think this is actually quarter scale going by the scale. He's around 20.5 inches tall, a little bit bent over. Um, really boring, exclusive Terminator nameplate because, you know, you look at that and have no idea. Where do you even put the nameplate just in front of it? Hmm. Yeah, it looks like his eyes light up too. Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. No. Anyway, um, looks very good. Uh, I feel like we've had a one-quarter scale T800 before, but maybe this is an updated version. Look, I honestly don't know how they manufacture something like this. Um, I can understand something like the Batman statue we just mentioned. You know, it comes out of a mould, but with something like this, with all those intricacies of um, the cables and the pistons and all that, it just defies my understanding of how they put something like this together because it's very, very impressive. And uh, I'd really prefer that they stop enhancing the images with, um, you know, these extra visual effects. So we've got the full burning sensation happening with flames and little uh, little sort of embers floating around, and it's really quite distracting. I'd like to actually see what it is that I'm putting my deposit down on without the extra effects, but that's just me. <laughs> you can do it if you eventually sift through or not. Yeah, and I do get the impression that this is meant to be kind of like the Arnie T800 as opposed to just a T800 because it doesn't feature any additional um, sort of uh, plasma rifle in the 40-watt range, hmm. et cetera. So, and he's kind of got a, a very, um, well, he kind of has the same pose that Batman has and Kratos had earlier. It's obviously... He also doesn't seem to be stepping on skulls, which the ones in the future tend to like to do. Yeah. I just walk on skulls everywhere, so he's just on the ground. I do like it. I, I love this thing. I think Stan Winston just gave us one of the uh, the creepiest-looking villains in cinema history. It's very impressive. So, But anyway, start saving your cash now, $600, and it's out in the third quarter 2017. All right, chaps, that was huge. That wraps up the articulated news, and... Uh, We'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hi, my name is what? 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 My
Hello, boys and girls. It's once again time for another thrilling installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. When last I left, you heard this sound. Ignoring danger, in his specially equipped rescue uniform tries to save trapped miners. In another adventure, is lost in the desert. Water's low. Pushes on. And Hellbot thought he might get this one, but he hasn't yet. Um... I tried to throw you guys off a little bit because you normally don't think of this character with changing outfits and stuff, but this was Evil Knievel in one of his adventuring outfits, you know, because he's a big character in uh, the adventuring world. Yeah, I know. I, I don't get it either, but it was an Evil Knievel commercial, so uh, if anybody got that, good job, because that was a really tough one. Anyway, we will try once again to uh, stump you, and we will insert a new sound here. So separately in a make-believe egg, you can stretch them, squash them, take them apart. They'll return almost like new to their original forms. So if you want to hatch up some fun, you can crack... And in case you missed it, we'll play it one more time. So separately in a make-believe egg, you can stretch them, squash them, take them apart. They'll return almost like new to their original forms. So if you want to hatch up some fun, you can crack... As always, you know, if you know what that is, you come on over to AFB Forum, that's AFBforum.com, and you go find the right thread, you make a guess, and if you get the guess right, you'll get a forum point that you can trade in for... I don't even know what you can trade in for. Uh, something cool from the AFB merchandise store, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody wants that. Maybe it's a catalog. I, I, I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to go and check. Anyway, if that's all too tough, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play a picture version. You still guess in the forum. You still get points. You can still win kind of stuff, or at least fortune and glory, fame and glory. I don't know. You guys know how to play by now. Anyway, this is John saying peace out. The continuing adventures of Evil Knievel. Ignoring danger, Evil in his specially equipped rescue uniform tries to save trapped miners. In another adventure, Evil's lost in the desert. Water's low. Evil pushes on. Can Evil save the miners? Will Evil find an oasis? The answers to these and other make-believe adventures are up to your imagination while you're playing with Evil Knievel and his adventure sets. Evil Knievel adventure sets and cycle each sold separately from Ideal. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And Scott has not one, but two new releases. I am so happy right now. Um, You know when you um, know something is coming and you're really excited, and then just suddenly it's out and you haven't kind of had to, you know, wait for, gosh, I wonder when that's coming. Um, that happened to me this week. I was looking on the brand new Zing website, um, which, if in in Australia, Zing is um, one of our new and like suddenly biggest pop culture retailers, and they have a new website now that um, allows you to not only um, buy stuff but pre-order, and then also you can buy. Um, and pick up in store so you can see what's actually where it's in stock, etc. And I was just kind of looking at the new website. And um, those who've listened to the show will know that I am quite a fan of the DC Collectibles Batman Black and White statues. 
and I have been really excited about the Batman and Robin statues based on the artwork of Carmine Infantino coming out, but I it didn't really have in my head when they were out, and I saw them there, and I thought, oh, I should pre-order these while I'm, you know, here, and then I saw, hold on, in stock? What? Um, and so I was able, just on Friday, to, which is um, the day before this recording, to order them in the store closest to my um, work, and then go and pick them up at lunchtime. Isn't that clever? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's really clever. Um, so, Carmine Infantino, um, if you are not familiar, um, is uh, was he has has passed away sadly, um, a a legendary um, comic artist, um, probably best known for work on. Um, Things like the Silver Age Flash, um, you know, v- very iconic uh, Silver Age DC artist, and this um, these two statues are significant for a couple of reasons. One is um, that this is this Robin is the first Robin in the Batman Black and White statue uh, line, and excellent. It's about time. Um, mm. And second is that these two statues are based on a very famous piece of artwork um, by Carmine Infantino, which I did a bit of research. This is um, uh, Batman and Robin um, on a rooftop, and I did a bit of research of where it came from, and it's not actually a cover um, of a comic book. It is a um, just a, a poster, like an in-house poster that Infantino did um, for DC, um, which has been used and reused um, over and over, both in terms of uh, collectibles and um, DC uh, DC Direct back in the day did a, a version of this as a, a, a two-statue piece um, in kind of that one-six scale. Um, and then if you go back to the... Um, all-star DC series, the all-star Batman and Robin. Um, the first cover of that was an homage to this with that kind of updated gear. And DC direct did a statue version of that as well, which I actually own, um, which is a, you know, they're both just amazing pieces. Um, so this is a, this is a bit different because these are separate pieces. You don't have to have both. And um, I'll talk a little bit about the difference in some of the, poses, etc. when we get to the, the piece. So these are 2016 releases and acquisitions. The packaging is the standard DC Collectibles Batman Black and White packaging. Um, pretty plain um, because of the whole black and white thing um, with their kind of plain packaging, um, which is fine. You know, a couple of images of the actual piece and then the styrofoam insert inside. Um, when DC Direct relaunched as DC Collectibles, there was a point in time where not all of the pieces they were issuing were numbered. And one of the first places where I noticed that whereas everything from DC Direct uh, statue-wise was a numbered edition, um, there were a couple of Batman black and white pieces and a couple of other pieces that were some of the first DC Collectibles pieces that were not numbered, which was a bit of a, oh, that's, you know, odd 
Um, but they have thankfully gone back to numbered editions. You know, saying limited, they are they are limited editions of fifty two hundred, and um, my kind of take on that is that I don't necessarily know that all fifty two hundred are produced in the first go um, because they do these do seem to have a greater availability. Um, but my Batman um, is nine one hundred. 1996 and my robin is 1929 so you know from similar <laughs> eras um the bases of these are standard they are a the bat signal with a um black and white pattern on it the uh, a lot of these statues get second editions and the one the difference between the first and second edition is that the first edition the outer edge of the base is black, and then if they do a second edition, the outer edge of the base is white. Um, so these are black. So these are well, there, there are no second editions for these at present. Um, so like I said, these poses are. Oh, last thing um, about the production: these are sculpted by our good friend Tim Breckner. Um, oh. Who, I yeah, I don't know that he's done um, Batman Black and White statues before, so mm, mm. um, you know, really cool, um, to see you know, this in this series, and obviously, it's a prolific series. Um, there are some pieces that I buy because they look cool, whether whether I feel like they're iconic or I resonate with the artist or not, and then there's some that you buy because it's an iconic Batman artist, um like the Dick Sprang Batman and Joker that I reviewed on the show a while ago. Um, and then there are some that are both. They are both, yeah, I've got to have that because it's an iconic artist, but also they just look fantastic. And you know, these definitely fall into that category. So like I said, this is these poses are based on the Batman and Robin poses from that iconic um, Carmen Infantino poster, which obviously gave the the art director and sculptor something to work with. Um, the Batman is really an almost exact um, uh, representation of that pose because Batman is standing up pretty straight, a little bit crouched over. Uh, Robin in the poster is almost squatting. Um, like he's got one knee almost on the ground. And so they've had to take some license here to make this statue work, and he is standing um uh, crouching, but definitely much higher off the ground than he is in the poster. So if you wanted an exact replica of that with these, you're not quite going to get it, but standing side by side, they just look fantastic together. Um, the, the sculpt on the capes of these is something I think is just, you know, so incredible. Um, the, the, the movement in, you know, Batman's cape in particular and um, the the kind of textures of it, etc., from statue to statue is just amazing to look at how the sculpture has represented it. And there's a particular challenge for the sculpture here because in this poster, Batman's actually got his um, cape over his right hand, like he's clutching his cape in his right hand with his hand kind of, you know, pushing forward. And, um, so you've got to not only sculpt it in that shape, but also sculpt it in a way that makes it look like there's a hand under there holding it together. And he's, uh, Tim has just done an absolutely brilliant job of that. Um, underneath you can, there is a little bit of the arm 
that um, is sculpted and painted as well, but then at the front it's obviously all the sculpt. And being able to produce something like that where you can really see the clear shape of like a fist grasping the inside of the the cape um, is just amazing. Um, often with these pieces they'll have, um, I guess, to kind of get the pose and keep the size of the base standard, the character might have one foot off the base, and so that is the case with Batman here. And it took me a moment to actually work out, like, oh, okay, there's only one peg hole. Well, how does this work? Um, and I didn't kind of get a clear picture right away from the art that was on the base that this was one of those. And then once I realized, oh, this, this other foot doesn't go on the base, um, then it was all good. Um, really lovely detail in um, just the the kind of musculature that you would expect from that time. Again, very loyal, faithful to the actual um, bit of artwork. Um, you know, the the belt is sculpted on. The bat symbol is does look like a, a tempo, but it's been really nicely applied. Um, lovely lines um in the face and um the the paintwork which you know on one level you might think well there's not a lot to um talk about because it's a black and white but there are definitely you know there's shades and tones within that and they've done a beautiful job of that um robin is again really exciting because we haven't had dick grayson in any form in this line so far um it's been all batman and bad guys basically um, the you know, quite a few jokers, and then some one-offs for other villains like Penguin, Bane. There's a Catwoman, um, you know, as well. But in terms of any kind of really heroic supporting cast, this is a first. Um, oh, Harley Quinn's gore, of course. Um, the <laughs> and um, this is just so beautifully done, and uh, I think that Tim has done an outstanding job of taking this artwork and um, modifying it a bit to make it work as a standalone statue. You know, when you look at the DC Direct um, large color statue of that piece of artwork, obviously it's really faithful because you can have Robin crouched um, so low because he's on it, not on his own, but in a standalone piece, which this certainly can be, you want it to still kind of really work. And he's done a fantastic job of um, being faithful to the artwork, but also um, just making those adjustments. Um, again, beautiful job of the sculpting. You know, one of the things that I just cannot get my head around is how people can take something that is 2D and bring it to life in 3D with the kind of, you know, movement in the fabric, the, the you know, ripples of... Um, or I guess any little wrinkles and things in his tunic. Um, the detail is just amazing. Um, quite a short cape, as as in the illustration, um, but re really beautifully done and um, very very nice uh, head sculpt. Paint again. Um, you know, I th I would be really interested to talk to someone about what it's like actually doing paint apps for black and white figures because obviously. Um, you know, there are, it's, it's a, a grayscale type, um, mm -hmm. thing. And so when you look at the, just the different shades that are involved in Robin in particular, where he's got some, you know, gray 
you know, kind of a few different shades of gray and then uh, black as well. Um, a nice mix mix of matte and um, shiny paint or gloss paint. Um, really, really nicely done. Um, so I, I think that th this is one of the things, reasons why I've continued to collect this line is that there definitely we get some, uh, I guess, you know, current or um, characters or versions in this line that you kind of think, I wonder if that's really going to become an iconic um, version of the character. Um, you get some that obviously are just designed to be cool, um, which is great. It's part of the line. But then the fact that they are they also do go back and really um, give proper respect to some of the historically iconic um, artists is fantastic. And I really like it when they do um, release things in pairs, um, like they did with the Dick Sprang, Batman and Joker, um, to do these two together, I think was so appropriate and, mm. um, super exciting. Um, so I've got to do 10, I've got to go 10 out of 10 for these. I've got, there's absolutely no, um, issues with them at all. They are fantastic and I cannot wait to get them up into my display. Hooray. Very cool. Yeah. Mm. That is great. And, I think the saddest part about this is, you know, while you were, you know, talking about these with, with just sort of such such love, I, you know, I was thinking of guys like Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson and, you know, I was thinking that they're all gone now. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of anyone from from that era or before that, that is still with us now and, you know, the fact that there's so many great products like this coming out and uh, they you know, never got to see them. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he, uh, Carmine Infantino only passed away in 2013. Mm. Um, we actually, I, I remember we talked about it on this show. So, um, and I think Murphy Anderson was only last year. Yeah. And so he definitely would have seen, you know, other pieces like this, but yeah, it is, but I mean, yeah, it's great. It's a way of really honor, honoring what they yeah. brought yeah. because those yeah. creators, you know, they influenced the genre in a way that no one else will really ever get to do. Yeah. Strong. Hmm. Well, that was fantastic. Very good. Thank you. Well, Paul, that wraps up our toy of the week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk, you can make them do their thing. Even make Spider Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider Man each sold separately by Mego. We're all here because we collect. So, Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre orders we've made. And, Adam. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So I will go first then. Um, yes. What I have received, it wasn't last week or the week before, it was a couple weeks ago, um, was my latest box from Big Bad Toy Store in which I got my latest round of figure arts from Dragon Ball Z. So I got my premium color edition trunks, my Super Saiyan trunks, uh, my Beerus, and my Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Vegeta. Gesundheit. Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize Vegeta was out yet. I might need to yeah. 
track that. Totally is. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right. What about you, Mr. Eddie? Uh, so on last week's show, I reviewed the uh, Titans Return Fortress Maximus, and that's kind of kicked off uh, me looking for Transformers since I'm all up to date on Marvel Legends and uh, Star Wars Black series. I needed to find somewhere new to send Hasbro $500 a month. So <laughs> uh, I've been backtracking. I sort of dropped off uh, the Combiner Wars, even though I liked it just because I was focusing on other things. So uh, I've found a few sellers on some Facebook Transformer groups uh, starting to move some of these to pick up the new stuff. So I uh, got some good deals. Uh, got pretty much the Protector Bots and the Combaticons and a few other bits and pieces. The real find was I scored a leader-class Megatron who normally goes for around $100, uh, who's only just recently at retail. Uh, someone had him for $35. Goodness. Uh, so I was uh, very happy to tick that off the list. Mm. Uh, also finally got in after a year of uh, hunting and searching and almost had it at one point and then the seller backed out. Uh, finally picked up a book of Vishanti. Uh, so you uh, guys talked about that, I think, almost a year ago now. Yes, it would have been. Say, yeah. and, uh, still just as impressive, finally having that uh, in hand. That is a, a very great set. Uh, had I, can't, my, I can't wait. Till um, I can't wait till we talk about the the Spider Man Vault San Diego Comic Cons um, set in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll be coming soon. <laughs> um, got my Master of the Universe Classics Darius and uh, the Filmation Skeletor, which is fantastic and straight off the screen. And even though I didn't. I uh, necessarily like the first round of them. The hype for the new Ghostbusters movie did break me down, and I did pick up uh, the Peter and Egon to round out uh, the set there, so at least I have all the four Ghostbusters in that Diamond Select range. And the last little bit I picked up is after Justin's uh, recent conversations about them. Uh, I was inspired to pick up the Jada Toys metal die cast Deadpool, who's kind of oh, neat and yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely does have good hand feel. Yeah, I was actually looking at him in a store the other day. They're actually in my local Toys R Us, and they do look very cool. I'm just not prepared to start a new line. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're certainly not, not bad on the eye. No. Mm, very good. All right, you. what about you, Mr. Scotty? Well, I um, made out like a bandit recently. <laughs> Um, at a sale in Adam's good hometown where the Adelaide Comic Center is having a 50% off everything sale or was, sorry. Christ. And yeah, and because I'm uh, very friendly with one of the people that works there, um, when I was there, previ- I got a heads up about it. Um, so I knew that it was on because I was actually, it was just like a flying visit to. Um, the city I didn't even stay overnight. I was just there for some meetings and then raced off to like <laughs> 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 um, such a wow, it's an addiction, isn't it? And, well we are talking about feeding the addiction, right? And so yes. it's it's nice when you know like in a store where you know you, you visit a lot and you think, oh if that ever goes on sale, I'm gonna get that. <laughs> um and so that I got the um Kotobukiya Superman artifacts like Superman for tomorrow statue um the pvc statue that 
is the same line as the Flash one that I ah, yeah. reviewed a while ago, um, which is truly awesome. Um, they actually posted it home for me because I, like it was it's the it's a very square box, too big to take on the plane. But even mm. with that, it was still even with paying for the postage, it was still like ridiculously cheaper than what I would have to pay um, <laughs> for it because of the fifty percent off. And, and then I also got the um, Scarecrow from the the black and white statue line which is um it's it's a very modern scarecrow so it's you know not something that i was kind of thinking i have to have this but um for 50 percent off i'll I'll have it um and then i also got and i just opened it before the show um from the funko mystery minis the horror line um where they like, I'm not really interested in those, except that they have Shaun of the Dead um, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and his friend and I, Ed, and I just you know that's one of my that's one of my favorite movies. Um, but I got Alfred Hitchcock. Um, but <laughs> I think I got I got a variant. I think it's the Mikhail Gorbachev um, variant <laughs> of of um, Alfred Hitchcock because he's got this big blotch on the top of his head. Um, yeah, so I was like, I have no idea. It's like there's glue or something stuck on there. I'm just going to decide it's a birthmark and call it the Mikhail Gorbachev action figure. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, for people, for, for kids who have no idea who I'm talking about, Google it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. What about Fair you, Ben? Uh, I made a trip up to Sydney last week and went to a collector's fair out at Penrith, which is an outer suburb of Sydney, and uh, it was good. It was a, a good vibe, a lot, of, um, a lot of people in the collector frame of mind, and it really is a, an assault on the senses. It's, it's not big and fancy like one of these comic conventions with, you know, people there that have specialised booths set up but um you know this one varies you've got your your folks who are clearly running a business they've got all the latest stuff from funko and necker and, and all that sort of thing and you know a lot of a few lights and that uh making it look fancy um all the way through to people selling their collections and then there are <laughs> the sad and desperate ones who have that really small table that's just made up of um you know little tubs of action figures that they've picked up from flea markets and you know, everything in this tub is 50 cents and everything in this one is a dollar. It's um, It really runs the full gamut of the, the collector spectrum and, you know, the sad little men selling their, their matchbox cars covered in dust and whatnot. But, um, yeah, look, it was, it was really good and I did do very well when I came across a guy selling a bunch of Necker stuff and he had a whole bunch of Predators that I didn't have. Uh, and I've mentioned before that um, with the Necker stuff, I like to actually see it first um, before I I buy. And uh, there's no one in my city who actually sells the Necker Predators. So all the ones oh. that I get uh, around comic cons and things. But um, look, these are pretty pricey in Australia. They go for about 27 US dollars each. Um, but this guy had them for a very good price and he had four that I didn't have. Uh, and I thought, Oh, look, I'll, I'll just, you know, see what he says. And I said, how much if I take all four? And he did me a really good price. And I was actually prepared to pay the sticker price. I just thought I'd ask. And so I ended up paying about 20 Australian dollars each. 
um, which is about 15 US dollars. And I, I don't know, I mean, that must have been less than cost for him. But yeah. So, yeah, look, I picked up a whole wave when I got um, Cracked Husk, uh, Renegade and Scavenge. Uh, that, that made up an entire wave. And I picked up Enforcer, who I think was in the previous wave to that. So that was really good. And I also picked up the Necker Commando, the Arnold Schwarzenegger figure that I reviewed on last week's show. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. It was. It was good. And oh, and he also had a lot of loose figures in and it was really kind of cute because he puts them in these um nifty little sort of uh, a plastic bag and he has his own little cardboard thing that he staples on and then he hangs them on these pegboards and so you can just sit there going through the pegs um of these you know, these loose figures that have now been, you know, resealed and I picked up another Hydra agent because, you know, it's just what I need. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, that was a, a pretty epic week, guys. Let's uh, pat ourselves on the back for keeping the economy going. Yeah. Yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, we'll come back after this short break with the discussion topic of the week. Anyone for special soup? Oh no! Raphael's in the clutches of the evil foot flesh-o-matic torture machine! Will the turtle cycle make it in time? Will Raphael be destroyed by the retro-mutagen ooze? Well, I don't know. What a shot! The double-barreled plunger gun saves the day again! And with their retro catapult, the turtles are giving the foot some of their own medicine! Anyone remember where we parked? From Playmate! Well, for our discussion topic of the week, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you'll be aware that we do the occasional toy history where we choose a character and go in-depth into the world of action figures, busts, statues, and any other item that we can think of. And you'll probably notice that there are certain characters that you may expect to have been featured in a toy history that haven't been, and there's good reason for that, and that's because the show doesn't run for four to five hours. And uh, we have talked in the past about how we might approach some of these more popular characters who certainly have had their fair share of pop culture items. And, Eddie, you came up with a solution to that little dilemma. Uh, I hope I did. We'll uh, see how we go uh, by the end of the podcast. Let's and assume. And the feedback we get next week. That's right. Let's assume you did uh, and we'll. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my idea here is for us to look at our favourites of these iconic characters that have been released. And uh, I was pretty broad with my term favourite, so doesn't necessarily mean to be the best figure released or the most recent figure. We're just looking at things that might have been your childhood favourite that you had a story about, a figure that you found to be underrated or something that is the best interpretation uh, of the character. And Ben, in the beginning of this podcast, was talking about going through his shelves and finding figures and going, you know what, I haven't really thought about this figure for a while, but that really is a great Citizen Steel, or look at this, that's a uh, great uh, Winston Zedmore figure and compared to the rest and all that. And I uh, had that experience recently, and that's where the germ of this idea kind of spread from I was thinking like well that actually is a really great figure that no one ever talks about so hopefully Mm. with this we can talk about some of those figures from the past that we might not necessarily get around to talking about otherwise that uh should be fun uh to chatter 
uh, through. So I've picked three iconic characters uh, off the bat here of Wolverine, Superman, and Han Solo. Uh, They're all very big mainstays in their universe. They've had a lot of merchandise release uh, around everyone. And uh, the way I was thinking of doing it is if we do a Marvel, a DC, and then a sort of independent uh, whatever uh, universe. And it doesn't need to be uh, linked by character either. Potentially by who's on, we could do, say, G.I. Joe or um, Star Trek um, figure or even tie into brands of Iconics here. So uh, what do you guys say we jump in and give it a shot? Let's do it. Absolutely. Easy done. So first character up on the bat is Wolverine, and uh, the reason I chucked him in first was this guy was the inspiration. Uh, I was cleaning up my Marvel Legends shelf the other day and came across my X-Men's classics slash attack Wolverine. Uh, So he was released around the mid-2000s, part of that sub-Marvel Legends line of X-Men classics, and he's just a really cool uh, yellow tiger-striped Wolverine figure. He's got some great articulation on him. The actual detail and look on him, particularly his head sculpt, is fantastic. And what was kind of rare for that Toy Biz time is his claws stayed very straight Mm. and uh, point on as long as you didn't stick him in a box that crushed him. Uh, (laughs) And I really do like this figure. He's possibly my favourite Wolverine figure that we have gotten uh, even up to date. And I never hear anyone talk about him or track him down. I don't know if it's because that look had just gone out of fashion in the comics by the time it was introduced, or he does have a play feature gimmick of sort of sticking this gun uh, in a back section and you pull the trigger and he's got sort of a knock em, sock em robot action <laughs> happening. Uh, so he does have a big plug hole in his back uh, that would be a detractor for uh, quite a few collectors, but for me, that's always to the back of the shelf, so you never really Mm. uh, notice it there anyway. But uh, I see a lot of people going nuts, particularly at the moment, for X-Men figures, and this guy's a real standout, but never really see anyone talk about him. So uh, that's why I picked this guy, and he's also the genesis of this topic. Yeah, very good. Very good. I have so many Wolverine figures, I, I actually start to lose track of which one's which, and I, I can't remember which one came out in which series, and um, they all start to blur together, together a little bit. But um, for me, you know, I initially was looking at, you know, my premium format statue, and as much as I like that, uh, you know, I've been reading X-Men for a, a long, long time, longer than probably Eddie's been alive, and... Um, <laughs> For me, you know, Uncanny X-Men really hit its stride for me. I, I really started to become a, a, a massive fan um, around you know, the pre-200 era and this is when Wolverine had adopted the sort of the brown and orange or the brown and tan costume. Um, to this day, it's, it's still my favourite costume. It's the one that I associate the most um, with him. And so for me, I had to go with the Marvel Legends uh, Series 6 Wolverine figure. <clears throat> nice. I um I quite like this figure and series six always stands out in my memory because uh it's a very high in demand wave that everyone was after. But for some reason it got overshipped here in Australia mm-hmm. and it ended up in a few discount stores and that. Like I actually paid thirteen dollars for the Deadpool from this wave at a sale at um Toys R Us and 
um, some great figures you could find everywhere. Yeah. And now you look at them on the secondary market and they go for crazy amounts of money. But this was one of the ones in a time we didn't get all the um, Marvel Legends waves hitting shelves yes. as well. Oh, I remember uh, that. He, <laughs> He was not too hard to track down, which was so. That's always a good thing in my memory when it was like, yeah, I was able to find him back in the day before mm. internet sales. Yeah. yeah, and great base too. He comes. Yes, yes. I, I'm with Ben. I the the brown costume Wolverine is. I mean, that's where I first encountered him. I think um, Uncanny X Men one seventy seven, John Romita Jr. You know, um. And uh, that that's the the first X Men comic I read, the first um, uh, Wolverine story I read, and so you know in that era era it was all about the brown costume. Mm, mm. Um, but I've gone a bit different from you know action figure here. I've chosen a statue, and that is the Bowen Designs um, brown costume Wolverine, um, yeah. which I just is a um, it's a really uh, strong. Um, Sculpt because he's not lunging or jumping or any of the things that they often like. Yes. He's just he's just yep. standing, you know, with claws popped, obviously, um, but just like ready to go. But um, just strong, powerful, um, scales really nicely with the other statues, um, and you know, and uh, it's just a striking, beautiful piece. So that's what I chose for my Wolverine. Yeah, I, I love this piece too. I can remember getting this guy out when I and putting him on display and just thinking, you know, how how well Bowen nailed it because yep. um and like you mentioned, you know, it's it's so easy for Wolverine in, in every piece of pop culture merchandise we get to, you know, have the snarl with the exposed pointy teeth, um, yep. you know, ready ready for action. But this is just a, it's a really subtle, it's a museum pose as Bowen calls it. And uh, yeah, I just think he got it it's perfect. Well, that's Ramita almost stuff the page mm. to life. Like yeah, that, yeah. the nose structure and everything's just fantastic. Yeah. 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 Very so, cool. I had jumped onto X Men pretty much around the time that um, Wolfie was going back to the Tiger Stripe. So I got a little bit of the. So it was, um, what are they calling it now? Uh, Mutant Genesis or whatever is the, the current thing. But when um, they relaunched um, with X Men and Uncanny. So I got four or five issues or whatever it was of um, tan and brown Wolvie and then up onto Tiger Strike and then obviously going uh-huh. back for back issues. You'd go for back issues and you got um, the, the tan and brown and then future issues were all Tiger Strike. So unsurprisingly, my first issues <laughs> are from around that time. And so I've picked, I've picked things from when I was a kid for all of these, all three of these. Um, so I have both the Tiger Stripe um, first edition Wolverine from Toy Biz, sorry, not Toy Stripe, um, Tan and Brown Wolverine. He had um, he had his gimmick was you couldn't bend his arms at the elbow, but you could slide the claws all the way back in and lock them in and then mm-hmm. pop them back out. And his mask was like a little removal ring thing um, and he came with a, a little samurai sword and it, one of the, I don't know, like probably 92 Fleer car or something. Um, and then the second edition of Wolverine was Tiger Stripe. He came with a gun because obviously Wolverine's always carrying a gun around. <laughs> um, he came with probably the 94 Fleer card um, and his claws didn't stay locked in, but you could pop them in and out. Um, and they were both good toys and they both got the absolute crap knocked out of them. <laughs> I think the, the tan and brown is in better nick. The Tiger Stripe one, most of the Tiger Stripe's got worn off. 
playing with your toys. That's yeah. crazy talk. Wow. I know, right? They, the picture you've <laughs> chosen here of them in the box two is just nostalgia flashback for me because this was how <laughs> I was introduced to the X-Men. I didn't realize it was a comic book. I knew it as a toy line, the okay. cartoon series. The cartoon series. That then I, yeah, that then I found that, oh, yeah, there's these books as well that have <laughs> pictures in it, yeah. these guys. And I remember seeing that brown and yellow Wolverine man put out in the local country toy world on the shelf with an archangel and just being like, wow, what's what's this yeah. uh, guy here? And when we started buying them with my friends, we kind of used to do that thing because you didn't have money to buy them all. My mate Justin would buy one figure and I'd buy a completely different one and together would try and build the team. So I got yeah. Cyclops and he got Wolverine, uh, the uh, yellow and tiger-striped one. And now to this day when I think about, like, if someone's like, oh, what figures don't you own? That's the figure that goes to my head because it was always the one I was like, oh, I should have just <laughs> got Wolverine. I know he had it, but I should have just brought it yeah. when I had a chance. And I had my mum driving all over town years later trying to find it because in that hope as a kid that you might just yeah. stumble across it in a store yeah. <laughs> even though it hadn't been on shelves uh, in two or three years and, yeah, was uh, not too successful. She found one of, like, the projector ones. There was a time Toybiz were doing these projector figures um, that you'd put, like, a little disc in and it would project cartoon images out of it and she oh. was so excited and it was that time where you just had to even as a kid you realized oh i got a fake that i it was such an she's found it and i got to be happy but yeah. this isn't it this yeah. <laughs> thanks mom yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is, it does say wolverine on the box yeah, yeah. it's like are. when my um grandmother gave me um the same really unwanted christmas present two christmases in a row <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, a, a great. It was big, so much better the second time. Yeah, yeah. The, a great big box of, um, like not matchbox, matchbox cars <laughs> yeah. that, that I was never interested in. Pain. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I like. I look back. My my mum, um, because she didn't like my. It was my dad's mum, right? And so she was like, "Oh, you poor thing." Da da. Whereas now, like, if it was my kid, I'd have been like smacking her around the head, going. Get yourself together. It's a gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's not nothing to do with Wolverine. Carry on. <laughs> uh, so does anyone have any other Wolverine stories or pieces to add? <laughs> not specifically. All nope. good. Nope. So moving on to the DC segment of things, I've decided that we should start with the main man himself, Superman. So, uh, sort of similar again for nostalgia reasons. I chose the very first Superman figure that I had because growing up as a kid in the nineties, I could get all sorts of X-Men and Spider-Man toys and even Batman toys, but it was actually surprisingly hard in the nineties to get a Superman figure. And then this line came out, which was the Superman Man of Steel uh, line. Um, and this is the one uh, that does play in our in-between segments every now and then. And you hear that great, don't mess with the S, uh, <laughs> ad, which is just fantastic. Uh, so this was my Superman toy. And I actually really enjoyed it, even though I had a bit of stifled articulation because of the action feature. There was just some really great coloring on him and the way the S-Shield was tampoed on and just stood out there on his chest. And 
to me, growing up as a 90s kid, Superman had a mullet. That's how I uh, read a lot of my <laughs> Superman and Whoa. my Superman figure hits. Uh, I know it's a controversial choice. but Look, Can I just yeah, say yeah. that our hiring practices really need review? Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the voice of a new de- generation. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. drink your Pepsi and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. I I really did uh, love this line. It introduced me to uh, quite a few DC characters like Steel and Doomsday and uh, Superboy and just yeah, really got into. And this was around the time of Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman and all that. Oh, and fair enough. Yeah. Really got in and. Uh, Dug that so uh anytime i hear that don't mess with the s uh coming through i get very happy <laughs> on this podcast uh, well that's excellent uh, i'm glad we didn't actually choose to do a superman toy history because i would have been sick that week oh impossible so, so i'm glad <laughs> that you've come up with this idea eddie but uh, for me superman you know i've always enjoyed superman i've never been an, an avid reader of um superman's comics particularly through the 90s when um, he had four different titles and uh, often the stories would continue from one title to the next, so it was really hard. You oh. sort of had to be all in or not at all. So uh, I was not at all. But, um, yeah, in terms of Superman stuff, like uh, in my DC Universe Classics display, I remember getting all my, you know, because I display just sort of one version of a character. I, I got my Superman figures out and had a look at them all, and I'm not one of those fanatical fans who you know, go on at length about, you know, the shade of blue being one micron off what it should be or whatever. So I kind of picked the, the, the body that I like the best and the head that I like the best. And I did a, a swap and, and now, you know, the, the DC universe classics figure that sits on my shelf is, is my one of choice. But uh, for me, it wasn't hard at all. Um, my favorite Superman collectible has to be the sideshow premium format statue. Um, I just think it's absolutely exquisite and, and they've nailed it uh, in, in every way. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Alex Ross' artwork, but I'm not often – I sort of have mixed feelings about a lot of Alex's designs. Um, for instance, his Batman I'm not a big fan of, but the way Alex does Superman I, I think is perfect. It's, um, it's exactly how I imagine Superman would, would be. Uh, and I think this statue is uh, a reflection of that, and I, I think they just got it right in every way from the uh, the way the mixed media sort of fits over the, the muscular sculpt to that insane cape that just looks like it's billowing in the wind. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty much perfect. Mm-hmm. So I, I went uh, childhood nostalgia here and uh, went with the superpowers Superman because, for me, that's where all this started. Um, you know, in terms of the my kind of superhero interest um, flowed on from those toys to the comics. Um, so probably, I mean, I knew that there were, I knew there were comics, um, but in terms of uh, you know, my kind of exposure to them, it was the cartoon, then the figures, then then the comics. And while certainly. By today's standards, the super the superpower of Superman is not a high quality action figure. It's just got that iconic um, kind of place, I guess, in my in my brain. I've gone for exact same figure as Scott because <laughs> basically the exact same reason. Um, so <laughs> so we also went the, the cartoons to the action figures. This was actually not mine; it was my brother's, but. Um, 
it's the only Superman that has ever been owned by by someone close enough that I can say is me. Um, yeah, and I think from there we got a bunch of old um, black and white reprints of some Justice League. Um, we had some of the audio books um, from Superpowers and we had some of the Superpower Choose Your Own Adventures. But, yeah, this is the, the first last and only Superman I've come close to owning. <laughs> so I was thinking you might have thought outside the box and go on a Goku figure since it's an alien from outer space who's super strong. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> opening the door. Go versus Superman argument. Yeah. The um, <laughs> I, I, as I mentioned before, Superman figures were quite hard to come around in the nineties, and I had a neighbour kid here, Dale, who um loved Superman, and he had this figure, but it was missing its head and oh, its no. cape, <laughs> but he still played with it well, nearly religiously because it was a Superman figure. <laughs> And when I got my new Man of Steel one, the Power Flight Superman, I went over to his place uh, with my parents for like a dinner thing or something. And I walked in and I was like, hey, Dale, guess what? My Superman has a head. And I just felt this searing pain across the back of my head (laughs) from where my mother had smacked me just to say, you don't (laughs) rub in that your toy has a head and Dale's one. (laughs) Like I I couldn't understand it at the time and I realised now she thought I was – bringing up, you know, social equality and all that. And it had nothing to do with me thinking he had lots of great toys. It was just he loved that one without a head. And I was like, wow, I've actually found one with a head, Dale. Look at this, isn't this? But, yeah, parents misconstrued it. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually don't think I've really ever looked at him properly in the head sculpt. I've never really seen know the body quite well. But, yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Conversations yeah. up here, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Is it done? Uh, so if no one has anything else to add on the last son of Krypton, our uh, last character choice for this uh, podcast is Han Solo, everyone's favorite rogue smuggler. And I went with one that's not so much childhood nostalgia. I had a uh, Power of the Force 95 uh, He-Man sculpt, they generally call it. Uh, Han Solo figure I used a lot playing with and I actually had some hand-me-downs from my cousin uh, from even the original vintage wave if don't tell John Um, but this was one I picked up in my early teen years and it was one of the first figures I noticed them doing some different things to make it more accurate so he had a gun that was actually in proportion with his body as it would be in the film. Uh, He'd had details added to him to make him more film accurate to a scene, so he had the Stormtrooper belts added to him. Uh, They'd gone for some character there in the face sculpts. Uh, It's kind of meant to be when he's running down the corridor, chasing after some Stormtroopers uh, through there. And just he had that thinner build. He wasn't over-proportioned or muscular for a figure they had actually tried to get uh, that 70s Harrison Ford build down. And I remember him just being a very interesting uh, figure to actually have in hand and uh, move around with. And it was around the time I was starting to get more into just displaying figures than actually playing with them. So he's always one that stands out in my mind when I think about them getting details down. By modern standards, he's not perfect at all. Uh, but at the time, he actually really stood out to me. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, this was a this was a dead easy one for me. There was no competition whatsoever. Um, I was getting Star Wars figures from day one. I can uh, remember going to the drive-in with my parents to see the movie, and shortly after that, I had uh, a farm boy Luke Skywalker, um, one of the the twelve that were available at the time and, and quite quickly picked up um, a few others. But um, the Han Solo from the 12-back vintage line uh, is my choice. And for a number of reasons, um, you know, I absolutely loved this figure. I had the melon head version, the one with the larger head that just, just defies description in, the, in terms of the facial sculpt department. Um, but, um, yeah, look, this one very much, uh, is a, a big deal to me because, uh, I have a, a Dutch background and we went to Holland, uh, in the seventies to visit my grandparents and, uh, you know, I didn't get it at the time, but, you know, watching TV over there, everything was in Dutch and it was bizarre to this, uh, young fellow, but my grandmother actually, who uh, is no longer with us, bought me this figure. While I was, yeah, while I was over there visiting her and my grandfather, uh, and I still have the figure today. Oh, very so cool. I, I yeah, have, have held on to it, and uh, yeah. That it's, is very uh, cool. Yeah, nice little memory, that one. So, yeah, no competition whatsoever. <laughs> I, my um, close choices was going to be the sort of before they did vintage collection, they were doing modern figures on these vintage card backs and the one of hand solo like this but with sort of modern articulation and sculpt mm. but that beautiful um green card back with him there yeah. and his blaster was uh, that had that they kind of came in those hard plastic shells uh, yeah. that was a real close contender for me for this I've, one. Uh, I've still got the card back i kept all my card backs uh, oh nice hmm well yeah. So I from the original I went to probably the late the latest and um chose the Hot Toys uh episode four Han Solo. Um I think that the you know, I love the likeness, I love the well it's not perfect, but I think that the Harrison Ford likeness is just hard. Um mm, I think, mm. you know, they did a great job, the detail, etc. And, you know, for me it was a um something that I've just really enjoyed in terms of stuff that I've reviewed over the last year um, or so because of uh, just the articulation, the accessories and the, um, the chance to just kind of have that excitement of collecting star Wars all over again. So yeah, that's why I Very cool. Yeah. And Adam, you've thought outside the box on this one, which I absolutely love. So what was your choice here? So my choice here is, um, again, based off of childhood, we did not have um, much by way of Star Wars figures because by the time that we were getting into it, it was, you know, Return of Jedi had been out for a couple of years and blah, blah. Um, somewhere along the line, though, I think it was, again, my brother um, managed to get hold of a, um, a Return of the Jedi hand solo blaster, um, and it had... I think it made two different types of noise from memory, um, depending on whether you pulled just the trigger and there was another little orange button you could push that either changed the noise if you held it with the trigger or you pushed it and then it changed the noise regardless. Um, but, yeah, so there was plenty of time running around shooting each other with that. Um, <laughs> even though it didn't actually shoot anything, it just made noises. 
Um, and there was another rifle gun that looked a little bit like a stormtrooper blaster, whether it was or not. So someone got to be hard and someone got to be a stormtrooper. Hmm. Very good. Very cool. I, um, I actually saw these um, at the collector's fair I went to last weekend and there was a guy who had a lot of Star Wars vintage stuff and he had a loose one for 80 Australians, so about 60 US, and he had one that was still in the original box which was in pretty darn good shape, and he wanted uh, 350 Australian for it. Oh. So about 260, 270 US. I have so. no idea where ours is. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to just go and dig through some childhood sand pits and see what archaeological <laughs> finds you discover? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. All preserved in sand. Yeah. <laughs> Well done. Uh, uh, well, I think that actually wraps us up for the uh, iconic characters segment. So thank you guys for bringing your nostalgic memories or uh, wonderful pieces to the table. Uh, and Thanks for the idea. I think that was a great way of touching mm. on some of these characters that we could just never really do to Toy History for. So mm. it's great. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yay. Very good. Well, thank you, Annie. Thank you, guys. And uh, that wraps up our discussion topic. We'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. From Kenner, it's the Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures sold separately. The collector's case holds 24 Star Wars action figures, like Stormtrooper, R5-D4, and Snaggletooth. It comes with two plastic trays to keep them in. Or you can turn the trays over and display all your figures in action poses. You can pack up Star Wars action figures and take them with you. The Star Wars mini action figure collector's case. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner. Well, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. And, Scotty, you've got a, uh, uh, well, uh, mm, yeah. Uh, an, oop, an oops. <laughs> an oops. <laughs> so we did get a bit of feedback on um, episode 228, which was, hey, the name that in this is wrong. Um, so apologies, um, John. Um sent the wrong file i didn't have time to listen to it so i just shoved it in and um it was an old name that but if you go back to last week's show 229 we did actually um play the correct one there and i know john will have mentioned it in the name that for this episode as well um but just uh be just be aware for those of you that follow it um the one, the one refreshing thing about when we do make mistakes like that is that they are, are usually pointed out right away, which means that people are listening, and that's good. So, you know, we could say we're just checking and making sure that you're listening. Um, but thank you for um, bearing with us on that. <laughs> and uh, and then a big shout-out also to um, our, our friend Luke, who is now doing stuff on our Instagram. Um, yes. Yeah, very exciting. Indeed. Indeed. Very good. All right, guys. Well, we made it to the end. We so did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's going to be an epic one next week, so there'll probably be no Toy of the Week or anything like that as we plow on through all the San Diego Comic-Con announcements. Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con. And get really jealous that we're not there and pissed off that we're looking for exclusives on eBay and all the other fun that comes with it. 
Uh, see, I'll I'll trade having to look for exclusives on eBay for not having to deal with crowds and body odor any day. <laughs> I, I'm there you go. Yeah. The things to weigh up as a collector. Yeah. <laughs> body odor. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, The Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening. In five, four, three. Well, before we finish off, we have some. No, we don't. Howdy, fucking All right. In five, four.